0: Welcome in to Twentieth and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host Drew Rice Creisman, and I am very excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. But some of you may have noticed a slight difference to the introduction there, and those of you who've been following along for a while, and uh, those of you who, of course, know me in the Discord and so on and so forth, know that since last we spoke, I got married. I I, I married my best friend in a beautiful. A little ceremony down on the St. Vrain River out here in Colorado on the way up to Estes Park. That's why, you know, lots of, lots of beautiful things going on with that. But for your uh, perspective, <laughs> from this podcast's perspective, uh, that's why, you know, most of last week's episodes were at the beginning of the week, and, and now I'm going to get a bunch done here at the end of this week, right? Uh, at a short, very short uh, honeymoon-like adventure, uh, we'll we'll do more in the off season in the winter time. It'll be nice to maybe go to some warmer climates, but just visited some of the beautiful Colorado towns that we have out here. Spend a night in Blackhawk because that's always fun. Do a little bit of penny slots and all of that, but uh, then out to Glenwood Springs and uh, just absolutely beautiful out there, and um, just a joyous time, isn't it? Um, embarking on a new adventure and, and absolutely elated and, and of course, adore my new wife, which is a word I'm I'm getting used to, but uh, Caitlin. And uh, yeah, very, very excited about all of that. So thank you all for all of the well wishes and for the patience for not having podcasts for like a week and all of that. And yeah, so if you hear a little extra pep in my step, that's a bit what's going on with me. Also helps to explain a little bit of... Uh, i'm i'm i've never felt more out of the loop this is you know and and i did it on purpose obviously right in the last 10 years i have watched over 90% of over 90% of the rockies games right meaning i've watched almost every pitch of almost every game for 10 years and i was watching quite a bit uh before that and you know i i rarely would go and sure you you take a couple of days but i'm I'm telling you folks in the last four five, six years, at most three or four ball games a year that I would completely tune out and that was usually if I had something else specifically going on at the time of that ball game. One time I tried to do this and I've told this story before it was back in shoot oh now the years are gonna bleed together. this was 17, right when when McMahon, uh, he was a rookie, and, and he wasn't breaking through, and he was still coming off the bench. So, yeah, that would have been 17 when he hit the big walk-off home run against the Dodgers. Rockies hadn't scored all game, and we're down one nothing going into the bottom of the ninth, down to their last out. And Ryan McMahon hit a walk-off home run. Uh, and I wasn't at that game and, and because I was at a, a specialty, actually, wrestling event. <laughs> but, again, something that had been planned out, right? And so, I missed that one. Uh, But that's usually how it goes, right? But you you read the box scores, you listen to everybody, you go talk to this. But for the last week or so, uh, I haven't been watching closely. I've been paying attention to and getting caught up on. But I haven't been watching every single pitch of every single game like I normally do. And so it's going to take me a minute for that analysis to come back and for me to get caught up on everything that happened while I was away. But there were, of course, several bits of discourse And narrative flying about the place over the last couple of weeks. And you know that I can't resist the temptation to jump in on all of this stuff. And so I figured I would talk a little bit more about kind of the big picture stuff from the Rockies actually taking the series from the Cardinals over the last couple of days. Of course, you know that means taking the series from Nolan Arenado and the Cardinals. One thing on that. Look, I've talked about this issue uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, the last time we did it, when he he had not gotten vaccinated and missed a couple of games in Toronto, I I went off and did a whole thing there, and I'm more than happy to link anybody to uh, podcasts if if you want the full rundown on like I'm not going to relitigate the entire Nolan Arenado saga right now, right? I, I just want to talk about the the few little extra chapters. So if you haven't read the previous chapters, go back and read those. And then <laughs> all right, so this is the newest little bit of what happened here, and. It's not really anything that he did, right, other than having a pretty good series, hitting a couple of home runs, most specifically hitting a home run off of Austin Gomber. And, of course, that ignited just the absolute storm of nonsense. Uh, And, look, this is, again, one of those times where I find myself in a weird, nuanced position of ultimately agreeing with a lot of the people who are angry in their ultimate conclusion, which is, of course, something that almost nobody disagrees about, which is that the Nolan Arenado trade was bad on just about every level for the Colorado Rockies. It was poorly handled. It was poorly executed up and down the board. But, and this is where that, that always gets me in trouble, right? That doesn't mean that absolutely every single thing about it was a disaster. And it doesn't mean that we should overemphasize things that simply are not true. And I thought it was really, really fascinating. And I'm going to close on narrative stuff when we talk about the ceremony in just a minute. But the way the narratives kind of exploded over a single at-bat, essentially, right, there's your symbolism of how the Rockies totally screwed up. Gomber's having a bad year. It just is. Right now, Gomber looks like a guy barely hanging on to a major league roster spot. And Nolan Arenado is contention to be MVP again, right? And then he gives up a home run to the guy he was traded for. And everybody, it's this really easy path to just go, what a bunch of losers, right? And again, there's not no truth to that. But I think it's fascinating the way a single at-bat can prove an entire narrative. But a three-game series cannot. So, of course, that the set ends not just with the Rockies beating the Cardinals two out of three in a set where the Cardinals need these games and the Rockies really don't. But of course that it came down to Nolan Aronato in the final at bat. And again, I will be 100% honest with you folks. I thought for sure he was going deep there. We all know how to do lineup math, right? Whenever you're up by three and then the first two guys get on and you start looking, okay, next guy gets on, then who's after that? Who's going to represent the tying or go ahead runs, right? As soon as I saw that it was likely to be Nolan Aronato, I thought this, this is going to be a disaster, He's going to hit a home run here that puts the Cardinals up by one, which is what the score would have been had he hit his home run. And the Cardinals are going to win by a run, despite the fact that the Rockies were up like 8-2 to at one point, right? And the Cardinals will take the series. And then, had that happened, I guarantee you that it would have been a field day for local and national media about what a joke the Rockies are, how it was inevitable they were going to drop that series, about he, how even though they, they should have had it with their big lead there, that right? Nolan knows the team falls apart, and he was able to, to get them back, and it would just be such poetic justice from that perspective. But not a lot of people recognizing the poetic justice from the opposite. Right? Dude had his chance, and he struck out looking, which I think is particularly... Juicy that that he struck out looking at strike three, and again, I normally my response to all of this stuff would be to say, "Look, folks, it's fun and and, and enjoy as Rockies fans that moment because it, it is." Especially if you're someone who still roots for the Rockies and is in in some ways very frustrated about the way Nolan handled some of his business here and some of the comments he's had since he's gone to St. Louis and some of the things that he's done and. Uh, you know, all of that. And and if you just don't want to see the Cardinals win the World Series or the division, because they do all the time. You know, all of that stuff together. Right? The institutionalized power with all the guys they've been able to get. They, they've got Goldschmidt and Arnauto there, and they'd hit back-to-back home runs and all of this stuff. Right? But then, again, if, if we're going to hop on narratives of individual at-bats, if we're going to blow up the importance of the Gomber versus Aranato encounter, can we not also blow up the importance of the series' win? Especially if the Cardinals end up falling a game or two short in the division. Or even for the wild card. Like, if the Cardinals fall short of the Brewers, I promise you Nolan Aranato will think about this series and the fact that they lost to the Rockies and they weren't that far off from getting swept by him. Middle game was close enough. (laughs) Eh. But... I just thought that whole thing was really funny because you could see people really wanting to use this series and and these handful of encounters as a kind of microcosm for everything that's wrong with one team and everything that's great and wonderful and awesome and amazing about the other. But then the series didn't go that way and people did it anyway, which I just thought was really funny. It was just like, well, well, (laughs) you know, ultimately the Rockies won the set. Uh, and Nolan had his chance to come up with a big clutch hit, which, again, I really thought he was going to, but it didn't go down that way. And all of a sudden, so much of that energy just felt so obviously absurd and ridiculous, right? Again, this isn't to say, oh, the nolan Arenado trade was actually good, because look at how great austin gomber is having a rough year now there are two things that people are conveniently leaving out of that this is again why it's frustrating to narrow in the narrative to what's happening right now just right this second but then leave out the fact that the rockies won the set so yeah gomber's having a terrible year he had a really really good year last year but does that matter does it count does what gomber has the potential to do in the future count All that matters to sell the narrative is the moment, right? Okay, I disagree, but I understand. So where the hell was the conversation at Nyla Harris-Montero? What happened there? Again, I am both a chronicler and observer of this team and the narratives and the media and the fan conversation surrounding them. And it felt like everyone forgot that Nolan Arenado was not traded for Austin Gomber straight up. Like, what the hell happened there? You know, there were several other players and about $150 million in salary relief, the vast majority of which went to Chris Bryant, who's, as, as we know, hasn't really been playing this year. But it is wild to me the way Montero is playing well right now got left out of the conversation so which is it right which way do you want to go with it he got his uh, after you know kind of a rough start guys hitting 280 now had his first home run on my wedding day actually (laughs) there will be something I'll, i'll sort of link forever just remembering because I've been so high on this kid, but here you go. This prospect who's been having a huge year, he comes up, he's hitting, he's in doubles in the gap, he's had a ball over the wall, he's getting his ribbies, he's he contributed huge in game one, which was a you know big blowout uh for the offense. And a lot of that conversation, for whatever reason, is left out of the, the Nolan Arenado trade talk. And I thought that was truly and epically bizarre. That you know there was there was so much like, and again, it's just being prisoners of the moment. You want to trash Austin Gomber because he's having a bad year. I think he's going to be fine, but I get it. But he wasn't the only thing the Rockies got in the trade, and that's been a very difficult dance here locally. For a while, because every time it comes up, the discourse and the narratives come up again, and we and we've got to rehash the thing. And anytime somebody says, "No, that's not the way it went down," you're accused of defending the Nolan Arenado trade or suggesting that it was a good thing or suggesting that the Rockies made out like bandits or did well. And it's like none of that is is true. None of that is what anyone is really arguing. But to put it another way. The Nolan Arenado trade was bad enough as it is. We don't need to make up stuff to make it worse. We don't have to call it the worst trade in the history of professional baseball. It's not even the worst trade in baseball in the last six or seven years. I could easily argue that the Boston Red Sox trade of Mookie Betts was a far worse deal for them than what the Rockies got out of Nolan Arenado. And and there are several of these. We'll see how that Juan Soto deal ends up going down, but I think it's entirely possible that the Washington Nationals are going to end up with basically nothing for Juan Soto. Right? They're going to be in a very similar situation, where now all their hopes are pinned on some young players who haven't really proven anything yet. And that's where the Rockies have been with Gomber, who's still trying to prove himself, Montero, who's just now starting to try to prove himself. And trades of star players almost never, ever, 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 ever work out in favor of the team that moved the star player. Almost never. And Nolan did demand the trade. There's a limited number of options the Rockies had there. And so taking a Uh, an individual series like that and hyper-fixating on it. And I get it. It's just what the media does in so many ways and the the narratives were all right there. But then you've got to flip it when it goes the other way. You've got to say, well, damn. For all the bravado and all the certainty and all of the this, that, or the other, it may actually end up being these lowly Colorado Rockies with contributions from Elios Montero who beat the Cardinals and may, we'll see, time to play, factor into keeping them out of the postseason or keeping them out of winning the division, which means they would have to play, you know, one-game spot for their continued postseason existence. So I just found all of that really interesting. But here's the last thing I want to talk about on the narratives over the weekend because this was, for me, easily... Excuse me, I just banged on my mic there. Sorry if that was an awful noise. It was easily the silliest and most obvious example of Rocky's haterade that I have ever seen. Now, it wasn't the most intense or the worst example, right? Because far more important things, like keeping Larry Walker out of the Hall of Fame for a very long time... Lots of guys, including Nolan Arenado, by the way, who should have won awards, who didn't. We all know about, you know, the double standards and the hypocrisy when it comes to, especially the outside world and national writers and and voters and, and fans and all of that. But as I've often said, much of that is a reflection of how our local media and our local fan base reacts about the team treats the team and you know the narratives that run rampant And this outcry, I don't know controversy essentially people on all over Twitter but not just like random fans. I mean I'm talking that it was there were media people it was it run ran the gamut right the, the types of people who were trying to trash the Rockies, for holding a little ceremony for Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. This is the perfect example of there being no problem. I mean none. I mean zero issue. The best people can do is say, well, Drew, don't you have to admit that the optics look bad? Whose job is the optics? Whose job is the framing of the conversation? Is that not the job of the media? The optics. Do we not care about the real? So the optics to me are this. This is common. This is standard. This is normal. This is almost expected and required of you. The Rockies did this for Derek Jeter. They did it for Mariano Rivera. The Dodgers did this for Todd Helton. When someone is on a farewell tour, there's even a name for it. There's a friggin' name for this thing. And people were acting like the Rockies invented a way to embarrass themselves by doing the most standard thing available. When no doubt Hall of Famers come through on what you know is their last ride, You honor them in some way. This has been baseball for a hundred years. This is so far from being, from having done anything wrong. In fact, it's them just doing the basic thing right. It's it's a very basic thing. Molina and Pujols. Kind of interesting that there happen to be two of them at the same time. That makes it a little unique and different, right? But. Molina and Pujols coming through town. Absolute Hall of Famers. Probably both first ballot Hall of Famers. Everyone knows that they're going to retire. This has been going on all year through all the other ballparks. And it, it just blows my mind the way people can turn something like this into something negative that is embarrassing for the Rockies or for their franchise. Something that they shouldn't have done. Right? Like why you're searching for a reason to be embarrassed and angry and justify that about the rockies and and this again be this is why i say it's easily the most transparent and silliest one because with most of these things you can make an argument the other way right as much as I said, you know Matt Holiday should have won the MVP in 2007, but you can make an argument for Jimmy Rollins. It's always that way with statistics right you you can find another number So well actually this player there, you know I, I've the the argument is slam dunk for me that Larry Walker belongs in the Hall of Fame, but there are certain statistics, you know, same thing with Todd Helton. There's an argument at least, to be had there. There, There's facts and evidence and statistics on the other side. For this, there's none of that. There's no argument on the other side, not a single logical, reasonable thing to say the Rockies shouldn't have held a ceremony for Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. Why? What harm is done? Cynical people on the internet are going to be embarrassed by it because they don't understand what's happening because they don't understand that this is common and normal. And it's actually a show of great sportsmanship and a great way to honor two phenomenal players and basically an entire era of baseball. And people turned this into a negative lots of people, almost universally, it was treated as a negative thing that the Rockies did when it was both a positive thing and a very common standard thing. So when a lot of these same people try to convince me, you know, Drew, there's no big conspiracy theory out there for people hating the Rockies. I don't believe that there is, and I've never claimed that there is, but this is clearly a problem. When the general consensus about a very normal, non-controversial, and like I've said several times, just perfectly good thing to do, becomes a firestorm of anger and mocking, and resentment, it's gone too far. It's all gone too far. Perspective has been completely lost in that circumstance. And again, it's proved to me, that's why it's so difficult to have any kind of conversation sometimes about this team in an earnest way. Because... There are so many people out there who are so ready to just be angry no matter what. To, to mock the team no matter what, regardless of the situation. The Rockies could come out and announce that they're donating half of the owner's salary to charity every year forever. And people would say, yeah, well, uh, they're only doing that for the good press. Right? Right? One of the things that actually along those lines of of prices or whatever the Rockies never get any credit for, and I I saw this going on, uh, you know, when they were out uh, in L.A., the ticket prices, absolutely ridiculous in a lot of other places, not at Coors Field, right? But we're not allowed to say positive things like that and point to them as actually they do X, Y, and Z well, Because you're going to get screamed at by somebody. So when I saw that the ceremony had turned into a thing for people to dunk on the Rockies about, it was the biggest proof I've ever had that people will literally dunk on the Rockies for anything. Literally anything. (laughs) Regardless of whether or not it makes sense. And so... On the flip side of it, there's an extent to which you just have to do Like I said, here on the show, I can go through and point out, here's why this isn't a problem. Here's why it's not controversial. Here's why it's standard. Um, and, and I would hope that other teams would do it. You know, the only reason that Todd Helton, by the way, didn't get a full farewell tour like everywhere he went is that he didn't announce his retirement until like a month and a half before he retired. Right? This is not going to be the exact same for everybody. I've seen some people say, the Rockies haven't done this in 10 years. Well, When was the last time a sure-fired no-doubt Hall of Famer came through on a farewell tour. Again, you can't... (laughs) The circumstances of the situation have to dictate the reality. They're they're not going to have a ceremony for somebody that doesn't deserve it. But I don't don't know how anybody could argue that these two players don't deserve this kind of recognition. And if other teams aren't doing it, then I think that's bad on them, quite frankly. I, I think it would be a mistake to not honor these players on their last visit to your ballpark. But again, the the larger proof there is that people will literally, and the media will literally, go after the Rockies for anything. Because they start with the premise that every single thing this organization does is wrong. That makes it difficult to have an objective or nuanced conversation because, of course, that can't be true. It's not a cartoon. Just because... and, And here's the last thing I'll say about this. And this is the frustrating thing about sports in general. If the Rockies were 20 games over 500, I don't think a single person would have had a problem with the ceremony. The problem seems to be that this team that loses, this pathetic, last place team shouldn't be doing anything other than focusing on selling the team, rebuilding, tearing down. You know, the the same conversation we have to have every single day. They can't do little things, right? They can't you know, promote prospects or none of it, right? None of those things matter. We have to have the same conversation every single time. And I think that's what's frustrating about it. So, I'll get back to the conversations I prefer, the on-the-field stuff here, in the next couple of days. But I wanted to address both of those narratives uh, and and specifically note that, like, again if, if somebody's out there trying to rile up anger over the fact that the Rockies had a very small, very reasonable, really quite lovely ceremony for two of the greatest players of the last 20 years. Our Pujols is probably one of the greatest 20 players who's ever lived. It took a few minutes and had a ceremony because that's what you do. It's a respectful, honorable thing to do. And if someone wants to try to make you as a fan angry about that or feel embarrassed about that or feel like you need to mock the team because they've done something awful, that's just preying on people's emotions, which is not what journalism is supposed to be. But unfortunately, it's what a lot of it has become. I'll keep doing my best to to try to have these conversations about the team that aren't built on ninety percent hatred of an organization that lives on the narrative juice fire of cynicism. Like I'm, like it's really okay that they just honored a couple of great ballplayers. It really is. It's gonna be all right. So thank you all for listening into this episode. Very little baseball talk. I know, I know. We'll get back out there. Uh, I may go to one of the games this weekend against the Diamondbacks. We'll see how that goes. But still, got to get a little bit caught up on the play on the field. And then they're going to see the Cardinals again. And I hope they can keep messing up their day because that is objectively hilarious. It just is. It would be really, really funny if the Cardinals missed the postseason because they couldn't handle the Rockies. Especially if that ended up meaning that Nolan did exercise the option in his contract and ended up going to the Los Angeles Dodgers or something like that, <laughs> precipitate an entire uh, you know crisis in, in that organization just by winning a couple of games when you're fifteen, 16 under. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So thank you all for listening into this episode of the show. Uh, you know you are absolutely awesome out there. You know that I. I'm absolutely Drew Priestman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.